thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. My agenda is to help out people with disabilities who don't have a voice. Is it because you have a disability yourself? Yeah, it's called disability activism, okay? Oh, oh. Welcome to the meeting. Simon, what's your role? I'm by the mayor of the town. I let the people know that they're going to be accepted. That's my job. This should be a civil and calm meeting. Everyone should respect each other. Don't he not! No personal attacks. And keep everything nice. What's our message? We need to save the world. We need to become united. This is a big opportunity for all of us. Look, I'm a disabled person and I'm proud. You don't have feelings. <laughs> I'm sick of working with the disabled. I failed to bring everyone together and now I don't know what to do. You were trying to change the world. You're not really the mayor, are you, Simon? It's embarrassing. Hey, Tina, what to do in a disabled person panic? I don't even know there's people. You are a monster! I've had enough! I've had enough! Ah! They're the hope for Break the bastard! Joyous! Joyous! Who called this meeting? I did. We help those people. They need us. Are we united? Oh, the mayor of the town. Do you think I'm not doing a good job? Yes. Yes. Bingo. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 544. Releasing July 16 in Australian cinemas is Shadow a dramatic comedy that tells the story of three disability activists who call a town hall meeting only to find that their own prejudices are in the way of progress. A darkly comedic and fascinating story about the hierarchy of intelligence and how it translates to power. Shadow is also a film conceived and made by the neurodiverse community. And joining me now to talk about the film is director Bruce Gladwin and associate producer Merit Hassanan. Bruce and Merit, I thank you both very much for joining me today. Pleasure. Thank you. Bruce, I want to start with you first. I want to go back a bit with um, the back-to-back theatre, where yeah. the play that this movie was based on, um, the play was called The Shadow Whose Prey the Hunter Becomes. Um, mm. From what I understand of the creative process of the of the uh, uh, the, um, the the theatre, um, it's the company themselves, the ensemble of actors, they're the ones that really kind of come up with the ideas and the dialogue is very kind of improvisational and organic, isn't it? Um, so the cast are essentially the writers. Um, with that type of um, 
um, process of putting together a play? How long does it take to develop a play into what it would eventually become when it was put on stage in 2019? Did it take a, a, a number of time? Because I imagine an imp- a play that's based on a lot of improvisation would have um, taken some time to get down to like a, a, a script kind of format. Yeah, sure. Well, we make a work, uh, a new work, probably every three years in terms of theatre. Um, and the company is uh, a repertoire company, so we, we're often touring um, our previous work. So we're not working at it in a full-time capacity, but, you know, the work is gestated and thought about and over about a three-year period. Um, probably, if we, to be honest, to be in the rehearsal room, it's maybe about three months or to four months of you know, devising and then a rehearsal period before we we make the work. Hmm. So, Merritt, when it came to the film, so it's 2020, the COVID lockdowns were on, um, the lockdown ends, and then the priority was to get the film, like, in production. Um, when, when this happens, when the play is about to go into um, production, when did you first kind of hear about the adaptation and how did you kind of get involved? Were you... Um, involved back-to-back theatre beforehand, or did you like hear about the film and then you kind of uh, you uh, you jumped in and became involved with that process? No, I, I didn't um, know about back-to-back this on the film. Um, I actually found the job advertised online, and it was in the associate producers specifically from the film and um, so I applied and became involved, I think, midway through pre-production. Excellent. So, Bruce, you are now adapting this play into a film. Um, In Mm. the play, as we just talked about, it's a very kind of organic experience that all kind of comes about. Um, But film is a totally different medium of storytelling. So in the process of adapting a theatrical work into a film work, mm-hmm. is that something that you're still keeping in-house or do you get like a, like people from the outside who worked in the film industry to come in to back-to-back and kind of help you about um, getting the film um, script together from the um, theatrical uh, script? Uh, well, we worked with industry professionals that are like script editors to give us feedback on the emerging script. Um, and, of course, as you, know, as you highlight, uh, you know, Theatre is very different to film and how you hold an audience is very different. Um, you know, theatre has liveness as a, a, a very strong dynamic um, in terms of holding the audience's attention, whereas for screen it really needs this kind of projecting momentum of, you know, one scene, you know, uh, there's there's content within that scene that makes the audience want to watch and see what happens in the next scene. and. Um, so we really had to kind of look at opening up the story, giving it those suitable drivers for, you know, holding the audience's attention, but also making it, we didn't want it to feel claustrophobic and, um, uh, you know, rooted in one location. So as part of it was opening it up and making it more cinematically. And, you know, one of the agendas that we had was to work with as many industry professionals as possible, but also to allow the the creation of this work to give opportunity to a whole range of um, artists and technicians who are people with disabilities that wouldn't normally have a chance of working on a, um, have access to working on a project like this. So uh, Merritt uh, worked with us in helping us find 
um, and disseminating the information. This is an opportunity in terms of crew members to work with us. Um, and we had a number of paid internships. I think it was like about 30 all up working across the whole project. Um, and those interns uh, were working with industry professionals um, and mentors in, in, in those specific roles across cinematography and editing, production design, uh, makeup, hair, you know, any, any kind of department you think of in terms of screen, we had someone there and, and then um, industry professionals supporting them in that situation. Merit, when it came to those paid and meaningful opportunities that people mm -hmm. um for people with disabilities to work on this film and get some some you know boots on ground experience in the film industry, um when the call went out, I think it was something like 40 something applicants from around the country um uh, put their name up to try to to get on the film. How do you all about go about delegating which roles are best for which for which applicant? And what type of experience level do a lot of applicants have? Did some people like yourself come from film school and had some film experience or were some people diving into this for the first time? I'm just really curious and wanted to get into it. Uh, there was a broad range of experience with the applicants. Um, a few had um, quite a lot of experience, uh, but most had more of an interest and um, wanted to explore that interest. And um, part of the interview process was a discussion we had as a team with each applicant around where their interests lay and um, what their skills were and what they wanted to learn is part of the process and any um adjustments they might um require um to make that process as seamless as possible and then um once we had that information we um spoke with. Um, the um, like heads of department on the film and um, who, who became the mentors. Um, so it was just a really long discussion process to work out the best fit for everyone. Bruce, the philosophy that I can pick up from with back to back as the the theater the theater company and now as a, a film company as well is all comes down to community um, and especially with this uh, uh, it's really down to community filmmaking and a lot of the time it seems like to me that this is much as much making a movie as it is as providing a learning experience for all your cast and crew. Um, how important, how significant was it to make sure that that educational aspect was part and parcel of this film production because you talked before about the mentor and mentee aspect of the whole um of making this movie i imagine that um that was something that was there right from the beginning and you wanted to make sure that when people left this experience it's not just about having a product on the screen but it's also about um learning something at the end of the day so when it comes to a future film 
um, you know, your cast and crew can be essentially made up of the same people, but this time they've had that experience, they've had that uh, those um, uh, requirements meant of like different kind of like how to handle different technical abilities, um, and in mm. also um, uh, a really kind of like a confidence boost as well for a lot of people involved in in a production. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we're really interested in the idea of building an ecology of um, artists and technicians that surround the company that um, can not only work on, could work on this project, but work on ongoing projects with us. And um, it really the, the catalyst for this came from, we made a pilot for the ABC called um, Oddlands uh, a number of years ago that we hoped to make into a series. And when the series didn't go ahead, um, you know, the thing that was really hard to let go of is not so much that, you know, we were very attached to the story and our kind of objectives to it, but we also had this idea of going, it'd be really great if a lot of the crew roles could be people with disabilities and how would we make that happen? And so it's like a kind of, I guess it's like a kind of a, an ideal or a kind of political kind of um, objective to... um follow through in our work, which we we're really able to support on this project, but now it's become, um, I, I guess, a template now for our other projects. And a lot of the uh, the, the crew members that worked with us on Shadow have come back and worked on smaller projects with us already. Um, and I think it's really a sign of the health of the company that, um, that, that there are these satellite um crew members and artists that are associated with the company and that we can draw on them um, as collaborators for f future projects. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by TeePublic. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Merit, I want to talk about the logistics of putting together a, a film set. You know, I've talked to a lot of different filmmakers and a film set can be a real kind of pressure cooker situation, especially independent films. You have limited budget, limited time. Um, you have need to get things done during the day. Um, my son, Michael, uh, has autism and he has different sensibilities from autism. Noise, for example, sometimes is not really good with um, uh, pressure and things like that. So he can react in certain ways. How do you go about making sure you can create a film set to make sure that everyone's different kind of sensibilities, depending on what their disability disability is 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 um, is uh, catered to, while at the same time trying to get a film getting made in the first, uh, as well, especially post COVID as well. I imagine during the whole COVID aspect with um uh, spacing between everyone and maybe um, yeah. uh, face mask and everything else that would have got would have put a, another hurdle in a lot of the uh, processes of making this film. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, 
on the main location of the film was um the back to back um finished studio in Geelong. So uh it was somewhere where um not all but some of the cast and crew were quite familiar with already. Um and there were breakout spaces um for people to go in um you know sit and rest when they weren't um required on set. Um I'm actually based in Sydney and I never actually made it down from the film shoot because um there were border um closures still yeah. in place but there were a lot of meetings around um how we could make different spaces best work for different scenes um and um from memory there was a slow of kind of getting from wardrobe and hair and makeup to set um and it was um there were a lot of meetings around the um logistics of having all these people in um sometimes quite small spaces um and how that was how how um we could make that work with the different challenges um that you know were presented. Bruce, I want to ask you just about something that was really interesting to me in regards to the story of the film, in that the role that artificial intelligence plays in the plot of the movie. Now, this mm. was shot back in 2020, um, and only like this year, I think, artificial intelligence as kind of like a more common used thing um, among the public has become more like a very relevant. Um, but you guys were talking about this back like three years ago um, in the film. Um, how? What is the role in regards to within that that you know of in the neurodiverse community that artificial intelligence plays in it, or new technologies plays in that community? And how important is it that it's addressed in regards to that community specifically? Because it does seem like it's a very big kind of plot point in a specific plot point mm. in your movie. Yeah. Well, the, the, I guess the there's a character within the story which is a piece of artificial intelligence that starts off. Um, as fairly benign as a, uh, a subtitle screen um, and as the story unfolds and it's like a town hall meeting and these activists are presenting uh, information to uh, a group of pu public members, the subtitle screen essentially um, physicalises everything that's being said and then as the story progresses, the subtitle screen takes on uh, a, a role of a character and um, starts to comment on what's being said in the meeting, starts to take, um, I guess, an emotional response to what's being said, and then you realise that what the activists are talking about is really a projection to the future where artificial intelligence will overtake human intelligence and what are the ramifications of that for mm. uh, 
the general populace and making an analogy between the treatment of people with intellectual disabilities historically and currently to this future scenario where artificial intelligence overtakes human intelligence and um we uh you know it's it was uh i guess the the starting point for us was really there's you know I, it exists a lot in as a, a kind of trope within um science fiction and dystopian um stories um and but you know it's like anything it's like um with technology it, it can be you know a real asset or, or a real hindrance and um and even you know we've noticed when we've made other screen projects before or people have made documentaries on the company that there's this conflict for um around accessibility where the the film producers want to um subtitle some of the actors um, because it can be difficult to understand the actors or they speak with a certain kind of what, what I would refer to as a certain kind of poetry in their language or but it might be read as an, an impediment. And um, and then the actors have taken offence. <laughs> and so that just as a simple idea that we, you know, we explore this idea that the subtitle as a piece of technology, even though it's not a, an intelligence, just the use of subtitles can be a real asset or it could be an offence. And and that's a kind of starting point, I really, I guess, in any piece of technology, you have to kind of understand what the dynamics are. And, of course, it, you know, we're at this point in our history of evolution where we're starting to develop, the, you know, artificial intelligence and it's, you know, it feels like we're at the start of a, an immense um, explosion or implosion, mm. I'm not sure, quite sure. And, but... Um, you know, these are the questions we need to ask ourselves, uh, and I think the film raises raises this as going. All right, can we stop and have a conversation about artificial intelligence and what 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 is it going to mean for us as humans? Merritt, as someone who you know, you've been to film school. You're an associate producer on, on this movie. You you're a filmmaker. You want to do more work in film. How important is the role of new technologies in filmmaking in regards to the neurodiverse community in the disabled community, um, especially as moving forward? Um, I imagine that the the making, I mean, the, the use of different camera equipment, editing equipment, or programs for for all sorts of different people would be a very um, important aspect, especially in regards to the neurodiverse community who want to make their mark. In the um, in the arts, especially in filmmaking, how important is that new uh, tech? Is the role of new technologies in all of that? Uh, I think new technology um, is immensely important because, um, as Bruce was saying, it it um, increases it accessibility um which ultimately um i guess levels of playing field not completely but just um makes the opportunities uh, um and activities a bit more accessible um especially for um, neurodiverse p- 
people or people with disabilities. And, um, for example, I think a couple of our interns on the film, um, their roles were entirely remote. Um, and so I, I think it just um, provides a broader space um, to a um, it gives people more opportunities to get involved in film. Bruce, now that Shadow is releasing July 16, um, people are going to watch the movie. It's had its premiere at the South by Southwest Festival. Um, great, really early notices, and you all have a taste for the, for the, for the filmmaking life. What's the um, back-to-back uh, philosophy going forward in regards to filmmaking in films? Are we looking at more uh, films based on previous ideas? Are we looking at original stories going straight to the film process? What's the uh, what's the thought behind um, behind that for the future? Well, we've just you know um, spent the last three or four years during the COVID lockdowns, etc., working with the actors in our ensemble of developing their own projects, individual projects. So there's a number of those that are screen-based projects that have totally been driven by those individuals. Um, And so we're looking at the moment of developing those uh, into, you know, fully-fledged screen projects. Um, uh, You know, it's really a lot is driven by the ensemble and what their interests are. And um, we uh, also were really fortunate to um, last year to be awarded the Henrik Ibsen prize uh for theater making which is a a very prestigious theater um prize and um as a part of that we uh brought a documentary film crew along to norway for the presentation and um that's uh a doco that we're working on so uh, you know it's a, a kind of suite of activities a very idiosyncratic individual projects uh, that the ensemble are driving and I guess some more broader general um, docudramas that we're working on. Um, and I think we're, you know, like anyone else in the film industry, we're opportunistic and, you know, going, all right, we're going with the flow. We've got multiple. It's very different in theatre. You just kind of make one project at a time and, and just invest all in that. And, you know, we're, we're learning um, that in film you kind of have to have a number of different possibilities running simultaneously and seeing how how you could get any one of those individual projects up at any time and just being prepared to be able to run with them. Uh, and, we're you know, we're building relationships and, you know, also trying to uh, hold the relationships that we've already built and looking for opportunities for those um, collaborators and that we've worked with to continue working with us. So for everyone out there listening, July 16 in Australian cinemas, Shadow. I really recommend people do check out this film. Um, make sure you go to your local cinemas, see if it's playing. If it is a plane, demand it to be played um, so everyone can watch this film. And also go to the shadowfilm.com for more information. Uh, look into kind of the background of some cool videos on there behind the scenes stuff about how this film came about. And uh, Bruce and Mera, I want to 
Thank you both very much for your time today. I want to congratulate you both as well. I think it's really important as a father um, of a person uh, who's in the neurodiverse community, um, I think it's really important that uh, there is a space in filmmaking and in the arts uh, for, for everyone, um, regardless of uh, disability or what have you, that they take part and be able to create along um, with everyone else and have their stories be told. So uh, thank you for that and congratulations with the film and thank you for your time today. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.